And now it's time for Terraproof. Shut up and sit down. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Paraprobe with your host, Ron Jeremy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's me, Chance Hancock, sitting here with my buddy, Jesse J. It is Saturday, the 11th of March. Man, my birthday's right around the corner, bro. When was your birthday? It's around the corner. It's not here yet. It's I said, when is your birthday? The 16th on Thursday. I totally forgot. Happy birthday. Are you serious? You forgot my, of all people. Yep, sure did. Dude, you should know my like birthday before your wife, dude. Seriously. Mm. I mean, seriously, I mean, come on. It's not as risky. Nah, whatever. At least, well, I mean, our wives think we're married, but whatever. Whatever. They're just jealous. Haters. Uh, they are. They're jealous of our man love. I, I think so, at least. But. Yeah, you keep thinking that. It's man love, it's man love. Anyway, so welcome to another edition of Paraprobe. Uh, calling in today at 6.15, we have Mike Ricksecker of, well, pretty much everything. Um, I Everything? Like, bro, dude, I went back and was like looking at a lot of it. I mean, I already knew who he was, but I went back and looking at a lot of his stuff, like even his IMDb page and everything else, his websites, you know, all the stuff that he's done. Dude, he's like the jack of all trades in paranormal. He's done everything from like, you know, the... Alaskan Triangle, which is kind of like our Bermuda Triangle, you know, to alien, you know, to Bigfoot, to aliens, to ghosts. I mean, name it. The guy's been like all over the road. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, he is definitely everywhere. He's actually smart. That's terrifying. I know because we're not gonna be able to get anything past him on the show, which sucks, man. Usually we at least play like we're smart. Yeah, we'll see. But oh well. Anyways, how was your week, bud? Dude, my week has been uh, actually uh, it was rough. My mom, she wound up in the uh, the hospital. Um, they thought she was having a heart attack, uh, but I'm not gonna get into all the details on that. We'll just say things are much better now. She's at home. She's resting. You know, um, I locked the doors so she can't get out, so she should be fine now. Wow. Yeah. Just leave it to me to ask the uh, questions that bring out the awkward stuff. All right. Moving on right, I'm down just saying. the road. <laughs> all right. So anyways, for all of our new listeners checking out the show, make sure that you go back and listen to us on everything. Everything? Everything. If you want to listen to Paraprobe, you can find us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, World Star Hip Hop. I, I think we're actually are going to be doing... Uh, I think we're actually actually going to be doing a a uncensored podcast TV show in a sense. Sooner we'll, or later, yeah, sooner or later <laughs> we'll be doing it in the near future too. But if you want to listen to Paraprobe, it's P A R A P R O B E, all one word. You can go to wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can check us out because we want you, the listener, to save this show. We need you to save. This defenseless little Bigfoot baby that I found in the woods while camping last weekend. <laughs> I'm sure its mother wants it back. But she's not getting it back until you save this show. You must, you must find it deep in your heart to save this show. I mean, think of it as you're, I don't know, saving something. Because that's what you're doing. You're saving something. I'm not sure what a Bigfoot is, but it's a little furry thing. If you want to save it. <laughs> Could be a bear, could be Bigfoot, who knows? We're not sure. It was furry, had a lot of claws. I had to throw it in a bag. I'm not sure what it is. It could be a baby bear. I don't know. But I found something that was furry and, well, it was cute. Now it's kind of angry and clawing everything. But whatever. If you want to save this animal, or Bigfoot, or bear, whatever it is, make sure you go back and listen to Paraprobe. Because the more you listen, the more you'll care. Because we're a caring group of guys. I mean, we care. I love Jesse. I do. Jesse loves me. We're lovers. Wait a minute. I think that came out <laughs> We love each other in a non-touchy... Totally platonic. Yeah, there we go. Totally platonic kind of way. Unless our lights are off and we're drinking. But either way. <clears throat> so make sure you tune into Paraprobe. You can check us out everywhere. Wherever you listen to your podcast shows, go back and listen to all of our past episodes from all of our different interviews we've had, different show topics. Uh, we are the ADD of Paranormal and probably the CDC of VD, but we are. The what? I don't know. <sighs> yeah, 
had to get that off my chest. Oh, I'm glad you got that off your chest, then. Yes, I did. Uh, uh, you're just going to have to pardon me. I am a little pollen-filled right now, so I may be choking on pollen. <laughs> glad you clarified. <laughs> my mind took a totally different direction. Uh, I am totally dying over here. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, so we are going to do the OnlyFans, all right. Uh, yeah, no, no. We're going to do OnlyFans, but it's only going to be shown at IMAX theaters. OnlyMans. Yeah, it's going to be called OnlyMans. Um, so anyway, so today we have a lot of going on. Um, apparently I made Kim cry laughing about this one and she said that we need to save the baby dolphins too. Oh yeah. You know what? Speaking of which, so if you follow us on social media, paraprobe at everything, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the whole nine yards. If you follow me and Jesse, it's Chance Hancock and Jesse L it's E L L. You can find us on all social media platforms. <laughs> Um, my birthday being right around the corner on Facebook, you know, like you can do like the, the fundraiser sponsorship or whatever for your birthday. Yeah. Mine is Moat Marine Aquarium this year. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. My hometown of Sarasota, Florida. Oh, oh. Yes. We're broadcasting live from the Bradenton studio, but we're broadcasted all over like Bradenton, Sarasota, Tampa Bay area, all that. Um, we, yeah, we, (laughs) right now we're in your home. Um, that really kind of came out wrong too. Yeah. That was, that was bad. Yeah, yeah, it was bad, but I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, please go look in your closet. We're there. Um, so on today's show, like I said, we got Mike Rick Secker coming on. It's gonna be talking about a lot of different things. But in the near future, we have a lot of stuff that's going on too that I do need to put out. You know, before we get Mike on here in the next uh, about ten minutes. So one of the things that we have coming up that is going to be very, very cool and very fun, and Jesse and I are looking forward. Very much to going and doing this. It's going to be a lot of a lot of fun. We are actually going to be broadcasting our show at the Great Florida Bigfoot Conference this year. We are invited to be media guests. We're going to be there um, at the uh, the Great Florida Bigfoot Conference. This is going to be held at the World Equestrian Center there in Ocala, Florida. It's going to be on April twenty second. Um, it's going to be awesome. They have so many special guests that are going to be there. You know, of course, Bigfoot related and all that. Um, they have everybody from like David Paulides, uh, he's a researcher, author, um, and also the Canon Project and producer of Missing 411. They're going to have Dr. Jeff Meldrum. He is an author and professor of anatomy and anthropology at I- Idaho State University. Uh, Ronnie LeBlanc, researcher, author of Monsterland, and he's also from the TV show Expedition Bigfoot. They're going to have RPG, which is Ryan Galimsky. Uh, cryptozoologist from Outcast Paranormal. He is actually going to be live in studio with us, not next weekend, but the following weekend. He's going to be live in studio with me and Jesse. Uh, we're going to be talking about the event, and he's also like their MC, opening up the event and such. So he's going to be also hanging out with us at the event. We also have Ron Moorhead, uh, Ventress researcher, author, and uh, Sierra Camp Encounter. So we also have... <laughs> this is going to be kind of cool. They're going to have the Skunk Ape Roundtable, uh, the Bigfoot Skunk Ape Encounters, uh, Speaker and Vendor Hall. You can go online to get all your tickets for this stuff. Uh, it, what you could do really, I mean, to make it even quicker, is just put in the Great Florida Bigfoot Conference 2022. The website will come up. You can click onto it. Um, you'll be able to get all your tickets bought and stuff like that. They have a VIP party, I believe, on Friday night, but this is going to be on Saturday is the actual conference from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on April 22nd. Like I said, we're going to be there. Uh, I'll be putting this information out for this at the end of the show today, too. And then on the back end, back I want to get on the back end. Back, back to life. Back. Okay. Back. On the back side is I want to give a little shout out. To a friend of mine. His name, All I saw was Waterboy, the tattoo of Roy Orbison. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the backside. And on the backside, I have Elvis Presley on my butt. No, oh, kidding. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, sorry, right now I'm getting a text message from this individual, too. Yes, I'm going to be talking about you here in a second. Shut up. So, the person I'm talking about is Mr. Rich Valdez. No, I'm kidding. His name's Rich Valdez. Uh, Rich is a good friend of mine. Yeah, our dude. He's a good buddy of mine. He's a demonologist, uh, investigator. We've known each other, God, for a long, long time. Um, And he, uh, did I say 2022? I did, didn't I? Kim just texted me and said, I said, 
on April 22nd, 2022. Everybody it's knows. It's 2023, but everybody knows. knows. We're not time traveling yet. Yeah, and it's out. and you can go to gather, gather Up. Gather Up is the uh, the people that put the event on. You can go to Gather Up to the website and be able yeah, to buy your Bigfoot tickets. BigfootFlorida.com. Yes. That, that'll take you BigfootFlorida.com. right to Florida. it. BigfootFlorida.com. There, there you go. There you go. I got All you. All right. So, anywho, um, my buddy... My buddy Rich, real quick, I need to get this out fast. Uh, so Rich has a radio show. It's a podcast show. Um, and if he would stop messaging me, I'd be able to get to the information here to put it out for him. But he keeps on sending me more stuff. Hey, hey, hey. He but anyways, it's called Greetings from Beyond Radio. It's on, uh, the, it's on YouTube. You can also find him on Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, kind of like us. You can find his show everywhere. But Rich Valdez... Has a lot of different, you know, guests on from the paranormal side of the house, you know, on ghost hunting and, and demonology, stuff like that. Uh, he's worked underneath, uh, you know, Reverend James Long, you know, for a long time now doing demonology and stuff, which is pretty cool. Uh, Rich has been a guest on our show. He's going to be a guest on our show again in the future, but you definitely got to go out there, go check out his show. Um, he's had a lot of great guests and he's a funny guy and a good friend of mine. So make sure you check it out. It's, uh, greetings from beyond radio. Like I said, you can find them on YouTube or you can find them on everywhere you listen to your podcast. So there, Rich, I gave you a shout out. Now shut up, quit texting me. All right, so. Wow. And, this is how we are to our friends, by the way. Just so you know. Oh, dude. We're, we're equal opportunity offenders. We will literally call each other on a Sunday morning at like 730 in the morning because one of us just happened to wake up early just to literally say when they answer the phone, you suck, and then hang up. Basically. That's how we are. Yeah. But get used to it. Um, also, too, in the very near future, we have a friend of ours named Carolyn. I'll be putting that information out. Also, she's going to be coming in the studio live with us next weekend. She's a forensic investigator. Um, she also does paranormal investigations and such. You didn't know she was coming live in studio? I I, I thought you said that, but I, I must have been really mm-hmm. high on caffeine. Probably, because um, you give me a confused look. But, yeah, she's, yeah, she's actually going to be live in studio with us next weekend and then the weekend after that would be rpg ryan galimsky he was going to be there at the bigfoot conference man, we got us. a lot of people lined up oh yeah we got quite a few man you've been on it oh uh, dude yeah i mean we got you know Proud well of you. kim too kim's actually the one who's doing a lot of these bookings hey kim. go girl yeah kim rutherford she's like our manager she's the one who books everything for like us our manager us. she she is our manager not yeah. like our manager yeah somebody's got to manage us God somebody help us. has to man it's either her or tampa pd it's one or the other mm-hmm. um yeah well we won't discuss that anyways uh moving on Let's so see. yeah um, yeah, every once in a while when Jesse and I do get paroled out of our houses and allowed to go out to do stuff, you know, she's the one who keeps us in line and keeps us from doing, you know, dumb stuff. Well, at least she tries. I can't say she always stops us from doing it, but she at least tries. She does. Um, we also have other special guests be coming up in the near future. Uh, as you already know, if you're a common listener of this show, you know, we've had a lot of different guests on the show. We had like Chad Lindbergh, who was on our show a couple of weeks ago. He's now on season three of Picard, which is pretty cool. Really? Yeah. Remember you kept thinking. Remember when he came I on our show and he started. Said he, re, I just started like to pick that up again because okay. there's enough for me to binge. So do not tell me anything. I'm not going to tell do you not, anything. I'm not going to tell you. Don't any, ruin I'm it. Not, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you the premise at all. I'm oh just saying that when he was on our show, he said he had this announcement about being on a show that he was excited about, but he couldn't say what it was. Oh my god. We kept thinking it was going to be a Marvel related show. Nope. It wound up being Star Trek related. He's actually Even better. Yeah. He's on uh, season three of Picard. Yeah. I just popped back in on that. I'm. Uh, season two right now. No, season... I don't know what season I'm on. I'm just binging. Binging? binging. I, I got two, too. I need to go back and kind of catch up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and also, too, we have, you know, I mean, we, we've had so many different guests in the past. Uh, Avi Loeb, one of our favorites. Oh, dude, that dude's cool. Professor from Harvard, yeah, who we, actually is the head of one of the government's agencies for the search probably for... Probably the smartest individual we've had on here so far. Oh, yeah, by a long shot. Mm-hmm. The dude was friends with Stephen Hawkins. I mean, come on. He drank with Stephen Hawking. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine us getting drunk with Stephen Hawkins? No, because he's dead. No, I'm talking about if he was if he was alive. It's Hawking, not that. Hawkins. Did I say Hawkins? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, Hawkins. He's dead, and you can't even get his name right. What's wrong with you? Well, that's why we never hung out with him. Yeah, he was sure. offended. I never could say his name right. I've heard it both ways. I am Anyways. offended. Yeah, <laughs> I am offended. It's Hawking, Hawking, Hawking. All right. So, <laughs> I wonder if that's what it sounds like when he coughs. <coughs> if he coughs, does he actually type out cough? Cough, no, cough, no, no, no. Okay. He probably does not. I was just wondering. Rude. I'm just wondering. Why are you? Why are you on this level today? A lot of caffeine, bro. I have had very little sleep in the last few days. Okay, I I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on. Um. So anywho, back to the original subject matter. So, animal porn. 
What? what we need to, no, that's not it. What were we talking about? Hey. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, anyways, we do have a lot of different things that are coming up in the near future, so make sure you follow us on social media because we'll be putting that out. We have a lot of different events we're going to be attending and doing. We're going to be emceeing. They're not all just paranormal either. We do a little bit of everything. Uh, but we're also going to have a lot of special guests coming in, studio, calling in, all that good stuff, and even just regular investigators. Yeah, such. Do we have Mike on the line? Mike, yes, I'm here. Hey, there you are. You you are actually live. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> hey, so how are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty well, Chance. How are you doing? Oh, not too shabby. So where are you calling us from right now? I'm in the Cleveland, Ohio area. Really? Yeah, yeah, a little, uh, little cold, wintry mix here today off of Lake Erie. Yep. Okay, now correct me if I'm wrong, because I follow your social media and all that stuff, too. Mm-hmm. But weren't you, like, just in Egypt like a week or two ago or recently? <laughs> yeah, a couple of weeks ago, yes. Uh, very different weather in Egypt. Good Lord, man. Do you ever, like, stay home and, like, take a nap and, like, actually take a break? Uh, on rare occasion, yes, I, I will do that. <laughs> <laughs> Only way I gotta call your dumbass show, but whatever. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So, man, I tell you what, I've been going back, and uh, I know, like, you were on a friend of our show, like, last week or week before, Rich Valdez. Uh, you, yeah. Yeah, you were on his show. I mean, he's a total dork and everything, but, I mean, I'm glad you went on there because he is a nice guy at the end of the day. <laughs> he is, Oh, yeah. he's going to shoot you. Oh, I know he is. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I'm, you know, but I have been going back and listening to some of your other interviews you've done with other people and stuff because I hate the, like, when I'm interviewing somebody to ask them the same question that everybody's asked them, like, a million times. Right. Like, prime example, I know you got, like, you know, really kind of interested, at least in the paranormal as far as it goes for ghost side of the house, because of when you were eight years old with your experience that you had the first time uh, with a shadow person. Uh, yeah, so you've probably heard that story a few times. Yes. And then moving up, it happened to you again when you were, like, 13 and stuff like that. But but right. then it's like as I went deeper into this stuff and learning more and more about you, holy crap, is there any subject in the paranormal you don't know about? Uh, you know, it, the reason why I cover everything is because everything is connected some way, shape, or form. So the I feel the entire way. universe as a whole is is connected. In fact, one of the um, most fascinating images to me that we've captured from space, and it was several years ago now, uh, maybe about ten years ago, the the Chandra X-ray Telescope uh, took a fantastic uh, X-ray of the universe, and you can. see see between the galaxies, like the galaxies on this show is this bright yellow, and between the galaxies, you see these filaments of gas that are connecting them all together. So it looks like this gigantic spider web of the universe, and, and that just adheres to the idea that everything is connected. You know, I tell you what, I am definitely, as you, I'm a firm believer that it is. It is all connected. Because, I mean, in reality, I mean, everything was, for the most part, from what we understand, a Big Bang, was all created from at once anyways. So why would it not all be connected throughout the universe as it's expanded and gone out throughout the God knows how many billions or trillions of years that it's gone on? Um, Like one of the topics that I saw you talking with uh, talking with another person about that I was really interested in, uh, it was – I'm going to be going ADD all over the place right here. Just to let you know. That's (laughs) just how I am. All right? Sure. All right. So one of the topics is when you're talking about the possibility of Bigfoot maybe being an – an extra dimensional type individual, like it can go between dimensions, stuff like that, using Einstein's, you know, Rosenbridge. You don't know how fascinating that hit me when I heard you talking about that, because that is one of the theories that I thought was possible for dealing with aliens and the possibility of dealing with maybe even ghosts, uh, all the way to Bigfoot. I mean, what do you feel about that? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely one of those possibilities. If not, uh, you know, the, the traditional, you know, animal that's been left over for, you know, thousands of years. Kind of like the idea of the, you know, the woolly mammoth. Mm-hmm. Maybe a handful of those still out there. Um, if not that, if it's something that comes in and out of our plane of existence. Because uh, you hear, you know, like even people that get lost in the woods, they'll, they'll talk about, uh, you know, they were on the path. They heard something off on the side of, of the path, took a step, and when they turned around to get back on the path, it was gone. Mm-hmm. So what happened? You know, did they pass through into some other planet of existence? They passed through a portal, and if that's possible, if that's how some of these people are getting lost, 
then there's always the distinct possibility that there could be other entities, other creatures, things like Bigfoot and some of these other beings that are uh, passing back and forth from these other planes of existence into our dimension. Absolutely. I mean, like with the search, you know, when, when you were talking about different topics of like, you know, the Alaska Triangle, you know, we have the Bermuda Triangle right here in Florida where mm-hmm. we're at, you know, off our East Coast, you know, going right. over to Japan to the Dragon Triangle. Um, I, I'm a firm believer because, okay, I'm former Navy. I did four years in the Navy, four years in the Coast Guard. I've been all over this world, you know, on the oceans, everything else. And I have been in those situations where I have sit there and watched like our, you know, our GPS systems start going crazy, you know, mm-hmm. watching, you know, our, our directionals all of a sudden start spinning, you know, and, and you, right. you were former Air Force, correct? Correct. Six years. Yeah. Okay. And like you were stationed in Alaska, correct? For the first three years, Alaska, and then uh, I was in Maryland at NSA. So, okay. <laughs> very well, different world. We'll talk about that later off the phone, you know, off the show. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I can tell you about that, but then you know they, they'd have to destroy your show. So, you know, <laughs> you don't want that yeah, we've already been raided once. We don't need that again. Um, <laughs> no, kidding, kidding. <laughs> so when you were like in you know in Alaska, of course, you know being there, you know, I mean, did you ever have that experience for yourself happen? where, like, you know, you had navigational systems go crazy or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, there was, when I was in Alaska, I, mean, I, was, a, I was a young airman. You know, I, was, I, was, I got up there when I was 18 years old. Uh, so I wasn't really paying attention to a lot of that sort of stuff at, at that point. It, was, it, had, it had to be more in my face back gotcha. then. Um, yeah. And so, like, when we had the uh, shadow experiences there in the, in the basement of the Alaska Command Building, um, you know, that, that of course was, you know, pretty much right in your face. But, you know, I, I will say, you know, there was one, it was actually, um, Valentine's Day, I think 94. And, you know, we were flying, uh, from, from Elmendorf up to, oh, we were headed up to Fort Wainwright, actually the, uh, the, the army post up there by, uh, Fairbanks. And yeah, you know, it was just, like a little tin can in the sky, you know, sub-zero temperatures, you know, I, I, to me it seemed like we were brushing the treetops. And I couldn't tell you why because I wasn't up there in the cockpit with the pilots, but that that little plane ride there just seemed scary enough. It, even if there wasn't any, you know, you know navigational problems going on. And, of course, being 18 in the Air Force, the only thing you're concerned with is, one, make sure I make it to my duty station on time, and secondly, make sure my uniform is lined up and actually worn correctly. And then third, are there any women near the base that I could possibly go date? So, yeah. Right, right. Which I did get married very quickly up there. So you know, Oh, see, uh, see, yeah. told you. I told you. I, I nailed your <laughs> life in a box within 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I get asked, yeah, I get asked a lot of time about, you know, the UFOs and things like that up there. And, you know, while I didn't see anything while I was up there, there was definitely chatter you know, amongst the crew up there about different things that people were seeing. So that sort of stuff was certainly going on while I was up there. I tell you, man, I can only be like, seriously, I would love to be a fly on the wall with half of the Air Force guys and, and their conversations, you know, and, and pilots in general and stuff like that, too, with the stuff that they have probably seen and just never spoke of, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with you, you know, I, I would do want to touch because me and Jesse, we are also paranormal investigators. I've been investigating for like <laughs> 20 plus years. Uh, my wheelhouse is predominantly within like haunted locations stuff like that but kind of like you i've i've i'm add i've done a lot of different things you know from bigfoot (laughs) ufo all that not not to the level you've done but definitely in there um with the shadow person do you believe that the shadow person could possibly be like we said instead of being a ghost do you think that it's maybe just a form of science of them maybe showing up in our area you know like like you said through a portal or something like are they even aware that they're there yeah, so when it comes to shadow people, I mean, they, they can be a lot of different things. I mean, mm-hmm. There's the traditional, uh, you know, I, idea that they are a, you know, human spirit that can't fully manifest as an apparition. That's a lot of what we hear coming out of the paranormal field or something demonic, which is very, very rare and, and, and far in between. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, my, I believe what a quote unquote true shadow person is. Uh, is an interdimensional being, something that has crossed over from our plane of existence into ours. Now, 
they may not know or realize that uh, that they are actually being seen in our dimension, in our world. They may not even be aware that they are in our world. Um, you know, I've I've had some stories related to me that were more like time slips, and actually turned out to be the uh, that person's very own shadow, but at another point in time. So there's a lot of interesting that okay. shadows can be. Do you think that like the shadow people can kind of see us? Do you think we show up to? Do you think there's a reflection of our dimension and their dimension when like we can see them? Do you think they can see us at some point? And, and, and sometimes, yeah. I depend. I, I think it depends on the situation at hand. Um, you know, it, it's very hard to lump all of these things into like a one and done. You know, this is what a shadow is. This is how they're seeing us. This is how we're seeing them. Um, everything's situational. So, no, I like the, um, I like the nuance to that. I, I appreciate the nuance to that. See, Jesse actually has a brain. He actually has some pretty good questions once in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's about the only time I speak up. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's my ho- my co-host with me. Nice. Um, so also to going into the Bermuda Triangle, such an Alaska mm-hmm. Triangle, and all that too. I always kind of had a feeling that I, and this is my personal opinion on this, I think in those situations, I think it really is that it's not UFOs or nothing of that. I think it really is maybe like you were saying, a, you know, a possibility at least of it being a Rosenberg Bridge. And the reason why I'm saying this, if you look back at some of the past cases that have happened in those areas, like there's been a, a mix between ones that have just gone missing period and never found, heard from again ever, no no debris, no no nothing to situations where people have claimed that, like, there was one pilot in particular that he launched from uh, Florida from an air base, went out over the ocean, and he, it, you know, his his all this stuff started going kind of crazy, so he decided to return back to, you know, the base. As he's coming back to the base, everything looked like it was from the 70s. Like, the, the planes that were on the ground, the cars that he saw on the ground, everything else... All of a sudden, there was a flash of light, and all of a sudden, it's like he said, you know, this this haze kind of went away, and all of a sudden, everything was like back to its normal timeline. So, do you think that that is the possibility of what's actually going on? It's not UFOs or aliens; that it might be like, say, a Rosenberg, or sorry, not Rosenberg, but Rosenbridge. I designed Rosenbridge. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and in that case, that's some sort of time slip that's happening. And in fact, there's a very, very similar case uh, that happened in. Scotland some uh, decades ago as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so those things happen. Of course, you hear about, uh, you know, there in Bermuda with Bruce Gernon's incident where he seemed to have jumped ahead in time mm-hmm. going through what he called an electronic fog. And so, yeah, I, th- I think when you pass into those areas that, um, that different things can happen. One is you could experience some sort of time slip where you get another glimpse at some other point in time. And, it, and to me, time is all working concurrently, past, present, future, all at the same time. Yes. And for whatever reason, um, we, we don't exactly know what the catalyst is. And I think in these high, more highly energetic areas like the Bermuda Triangle, Alaska Triangle, things like that, mm-hmm. they're more apt to happen where the uh, frequency of two moments that some, sometimes can resonate in uh, at the same frequency, and you get a glimpse of that other that other point in time. And so, yeah. I think that's what's happening um, when some of these aviators see things like that. Um, some of these, what we might chalk up to, uh, like a haunting or something like that, mm-hmm. may actually be some sort of time slip. Um, and then sometimes, I think we actually, you know, will pass through a uh, like a portal or what have you. Some of these disappearances where. We never see from or hear from again, and I always use the uh, the Douglas Skymaster in Alaska as in 1950 yes. as a prime example. Um, a lot of people theorize that it did pass through some sort of a portal, you know, especially considering that right around that same time, there's another plane that went down right in the same area. It was smaller. They found that right away, but the massive Skymaster was never found, even with the thousands of people they had trying to find it. Yeah. And all the hours they put into it. And the, never. The Skymaster had what I think, uh, forty-four personnel on board, I believe. Right. Yeah. yeah. There were forty-four on board. Um, now they believe that they may have heard some sort of radio signal from it at some point, but it was very, very garbled, very, very hard to hear. Mm-hmm. And 
it's possible that that radio signal could have traversed back through the portal. Um, I've, it, it would take it would be very long to get into how all of that would function. I'd lay it out in my, in my book yeah. a lot in the shadows. But um, something I like to throw out there is um, you know, if these things do pass through portals and they pass back into another point in time, and I, I use the example of you know, going back like 500 years. Mm-hmm. If a big Douglas Skymaster went back in time 500 years, what would that look like to the people that lived up there at the time? Would you talking like the you know native Inuit uh, that yeah. live up there? Well, they would they would have no context, no idea whatsoever of what an airplane is. They would see this big winged thing flying through the sky. They would relate it to a bird. It's very loud thunderous in nature so is this where like some of our thunderbird legends are coming from it definitely makes a lot of sense it really does so do you is there do you have some sort of theory and i'm still trying to formulate the the right way to ask this question do you have some use your words jesse shut up (laughs) (laughs) um do you have some sort of theory what would be energizing these particular portholes in these particular areas like what would be because wormholes and different types of singularities or different types of like portholes and such require it in theory an immense amount of energy do you have any idea what could potentially be energizing these particular areas or why it's so common yeah, and, uh, absolutely okay hit me <laughs> yeah so so you know the way our earth works um the you know the earth's core um uh, emits a large amount of magnetic energy and that's where we get our magnetic shield around our planet to protect us from the sun and the the solar flares and solar wind and everything Mm -hmm. now as that magnetism passes through the earth it's passing through different metals and minerals water things like this and of course those have different amounts of concentration throughout the earth's crust and mantle and so where you're having these more energetic areas on the globe are these locations that have more of these metals and minerals within the ground. When the magnetism hits that, it's creating, you know, these different reactions, stronger magnetic fields, magnetic fields that might be on a, a little bit of a different wavelength, that sort of thing. And of course, the, the magnetic uh, energy as it's coming up out of the uh, Earth's core also pulsates not just it's not just one constant uh signal Mm. it's pulsating so sometimes you get a stronger wave sometimes it might be weaker that sort of thing so that's why you know sometimes it seems like "Eh, not a lot's going on in this area people kind of brag about this being a real hot spot and then all of a sudden there'll be just you know all kinds of crazy stuff starting to happen and that's because there was a strong pulse that came up out of the uh out of the earth's core and hit those metals and minerals Actually, that definitely makes a lot of sense because if you look back when, like, Einstein was talking about how light would travel through space, it would be like a river because of all the different, you know, gravity pulls from the different, you know, stars that would pass by, so on and so forth. The time and everything would bend, especially, like, when you get closer to a, a black hole. The time and er- time actually stops right at the edge of the singularity. So if it stops at the edge of the singularity, what does it do on the other side of the singularity? So what I'm thinking is, like you were saying, we don't even know how gravity works. I mean, we, we came up with the word gravitron just to have a word to use to try to explain gravity. <laughs> so if we're blending, the, like you said, these pulses from the magnetic pulses coming from our own, our own core, combined with you know sound waves, combined with the frequencies in the air, combined with the gravitrons or everything else, I could see that, yeah, it could be a possibility. It could actually potentially open up a small singularity in a sense that would open up this wormhole that would shoot us to a... Another dimension, another location, or even another time. Uh, do you do you think that's a possibility? You agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And when that uh, wave has sub- has subsided, then the portal would would close up. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, NASA has already admitted to there being uh, portals out- outside the Earth. They call them X points. It's basically where our uh, magnetic shield uh, hits the the solar wind and. You know, they've, they've sent up satellite, satellites to study this so they can get more information. They're still you know, putting their uh, theories and, and things together. But, you know, basically what they have discovered is that uh, this portal opens and closes. There's no real set rhythm to it. 
Um, sometimes it opens up bigger, sometimes it's smaller. And basically what that portal out there is doing is allowing the, uh, the, the solar wind to uh, hit Earth at a much quicker rate when that opens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, you know, so that's one example of where they've admitted. They, and there's an, um, a press release, uh, I want to say maybe a month and a half, two months ago, where they had uh, developed in the lab on a quantum computer the uh, a wormhole, the Einstein-Rosen bridge. Really? Really? Yeah, small level, uh, you know, small in size, and the one scientist was joking around that, uh, you know, people keep asking me if I can put my dog through the portal, and no, it's not big enough to put the dog through. And I'm like, why is that the first go-to to throw a dog in the portal? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, i got to find something to put in there. Hey, spot. <laughs> right, exactly. Maybe, maybe a probe. I mean, at least like the movie Stargate, they sent the probe in first. You know, they, weren't just, yeah, they weren't just throwing in the, the dog or the cat or whatever. Yeah, it's like, can't we just throw lawyers in there or something? You know, I mean, there you have go. to be a dog. There you go. Right. One of the injury lawyers. There you go. Hey, there you go. <laughs> See, we're, we're on the right path here. We're going to help now out with this i'm telling you now the other thing is too that uh when it comes down to like you know with ufos because i know you obviously are pretty well versed with ufos as well because you know you're just a really smart guy which is annoying no i'm kidding um like so it, it would actually make a lot of sense for these things to be actually in existence and actually work because like we've discussed amongst ourselves here on the planet as a whole that if we ever wanted to travel outside of our galaxy to go to a location that we could survive on another planet, it would take, you know, uh, you know, 100 light years to get there or whatnot. The only way to be able to circumvent that is we'd have to be able to time travel in a sense to be able to get there in our lifespan in order to survive to get people there. Um, right. So I'm thinking that with UFOs coming here, you know, I mean, let's be fair and be real. I mean, they've been coming out all the time now with UAPs and everything else that the military has been releasing to the public and everything else. I think... Uh, my personal opinion, yes, I think that we have been visited by aliens. I do. Um, but for them to get here, I think that their technology puts them so far advanced. I mean, even Michio Kaku said that, like, our physics don't even probably apply across the universe right. somewhere else. You know, so with that being said, I think that they do have this way to be able to possibly use a wormhole, you know, for lack of a better term, for Einstein, you know, Rosenbridge. Um, sure. With that being yeah, said... Um- do, I was going to say, so do you do you believe that that is the what is how the aliens are getting here? If that was, uh, I guess, a better way to ask the question, if aliens were coming here, is that how they're probably doing it? Uh, that's certainly one way, and I love Michio Kaku's work. Uh, I do too. He's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I just absorb his books and amazing stuff. Um, yeah, you know, and you're you're right with our traditional Newtonian physics that we have right now. It's not going to get us across the galaxy. It's just the human lifespan doesn't last long enough. It's not going to work. Yeah. So it, it gets us, it's gotten us to, you know, as far as, okay, you know, we can get into orbit. We can, you know, shoot things out to, you know, the moon, Mars, you know, across the um, the solar system. I mean, geez, how long did it take? Uh, Voyager one and two to get outside the solar system, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know? but what was that? What was that like two or it three was, when they when they put those things up there? Something right? like <laughs> that. It was definitely well within our childhood, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Not, not to absolutely. date ourselves here or anything, but you know, uh, <laughs> I just did. But but yeah. So for you know, I mean, sure, it's possible that there could be you know alien life forms that live. Ex- extraordinarily long lives and could make that sort of journey. You know, we can't rule that out, but that just doesn't seem True. practical. Yeah. So it seems more practical that they have developed some sort of uh, technology to either, uh, you know, utilize an Einstein-Rosen bridge like what we've been talking about, mm-hmm. to be able to travel at the speed of light, to be able to uh, traverse different dimensions. Perhaps they have uh, figured out the riddle of time, we mentioned before doesn't exist if they were able to figure out how to access uh, the fifth dimension and time wasn't an issue then they would be able to scoot around the universe basically at will mm-hmm. uh, which would be fascinating uh, some of these could also even be something like you know astral projections perhaps mm-hmm. I mean we we talk about you know projecting you know here on the planet you know, somebody from you know, their bedroom to the living room, from their from their house to maybe you know their 
you know, relative's house across town or, you know, another state over or something like that. But, you know, perhaps they have figured out how to do that, you know, across the cosmos. So there could be a, a number of different ways and certainly not your classic Newtonian physics. Out of all the different, like, you know, subject matter you've gone through, everything from, like, you know, Bigfoot to UFOs to, you know, the ghost stuff, everything, what is the, the one topic in the paranormal that just really just gets your attention, like, gets you going? <laughs> well, we've kind of already been talking about it. Is, uh, that's what I thought. How, how time works. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's always fascinating to me. Stargates, you know, we just did, you know, the Stargates of Ancient Egypt tour. That was That was our tour, which we're going to be doing again next April. So, you know, basically, so that's, that's, come along, <laughs> come with us. I will. <laughs> Trust me, okay. I would in a heartbeat. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the links when uh, Muhammad gets those posted. Okay. Um, yeah, there, there's a really, and what's fascinating to me is, um, you know, okay, the, the work by done by uh, you know, ancient alien theorists, and not just okay, did did aliens visit our planet when uh, when you know we were back in ancient times? I mean, I believe they did. Um, and I've, and I've been a part of some of that stuff. But yeah. um, I, I believe that the ancient peoples back then, you know, extraterrestrials and aliens aside, that they had um, access to different technologies that we lost over time, had forgotten how to develop, mm-hmm. and simply don't have today, whether it was, you know, moving around these massive blocks and building these insane structures, whether it was... Um, you know, how to access other dimensions, other places within the universe. You know, we see all throughout Egypt this, you know, these labels of, of stargates and, you know, the way it's depicted, not just in the structure, but also uh, within their religion, for lack of a term. It's not, it's not a classical religion like we think of today. It was, it was basically like a... Uh, it's like a lifestyle sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's just so many mysteries and things that we have lost to time that, again, is connected to all of these things that we're looking into today. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Because you have to think for history way back then, some of the things that they may have had for their technology has, you know, I mean, and think about, like, say, the, the people of Pompeii. All right. We've had these natural disasters throughout history since day one of, it, of the Earth's creation. That has happened and wiped out pretty much everything on the planet. So God knows how many times we've had, like you said, this advanced technology and everything else that we will never find or know about because it's been totally annihilated off the planet back then. But when we find these things like, you know, like say uh, from Egypt, just for an example, we find stuff from Egypt and we start learning more and more on what the hieroglyphs actually mean, you know, and start reading about them. A lot of it seems like almost comparison to today's technology just in what the way they viewed it, like almost metaphorically back then. You know, I want to say something real quick. I'm really happy that you used the word hieroglyphs and not hieroglyphics right there. <laughs> <laughs> because hieroglyphs are the glyphs themselves. Hieroglyphic is, is the like term of the writing. Yes. Right. Um, so, yeah. How many people get that screwed up? Um, but it's kind of it's become commonplace. In any case, I was on the side. But yeah, you're, you're completely right. <laughs> well, I appreciate the compliment that I actually have at least two brain cells that I can rub together. So you know, I'm on a good start here. Yeah, but you know, and I think it's, this is why um, you know there's such an interest in Antarctica mm-hmm. because I mean we we know that the the island I mean, you call it an island, it's a continent, but it's a large island there at the bottom of the globe. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we know it was elsewhere uh, on Earth. Mm-hmm. We know that there was life and vegetation on that. When they've, when they've taken core samples, they have found ancient jungles there. Um, so, And I think the reason why it's taken such an interest there is there is lost ancient technology that is you know, buried there under the ice. You know, there are some reasons that you know, the Nazis had a great interest in, in that location back in the 30s and 40s. So why would that be? You know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a strategic, there's nothing strategic about being down there. So why go? Is and that- I think that's because, you know, they had, you know, uncovered some piece of knowledge that something was down there that they wanted to acquire. They were uh, very interested in basically looting the world of all of its, you know, ancient power devices. So if there's 
for instance, you know, we're talking, you know, ancient Egypt, uh, and the way that they would, they had built things. And you look at, you know, around the world, these massive pyramids, other structures that, you know, it had to use some sort of, it's not going to take, uh, you know, human muscle to move these things. It's going to take, uh, some sort of advanced technology. Oh, absolutely. Perhaps anti, perhaps anti-gravity technology. Cause you imagine if there's anti-gravity technology lost there under the ice, from some ancient, ancient civilization that had also built these massive structures, that would be very, very uh, interesting for any world power to get a hold of. Absolutely. I mean, even down here in Florida, we had the Coral Castle that they still can't figure yes. out how this guy got the door itself built that is going out, like you know, to the the back part of the area there for the uh, the land or the not the land but the grounds. That they, they have right. no idea how this guy got this. Positioned and balanced the way it is, that it that it's almost weightless for you to turn. But this thing weighs like over like four or five tons or something like that. Right. Yeah. Edward Lee Scantlin. He said yes. that he had discovered the secrets of the ancients and, and how they had you know built these uh, massive structures. Mm-hmm. And he he didn't share that publicly, but you know his his papers were confiscated after he died. And you look at the little bit that did get released. No, he's talking about magnetism. Okay, so he figured something out with that. And it's some of the stories of, um, you know, people walking by and seeing him using, like, these cone-like objects. Uh, you know, what were those? And, of course, the mysterious black box at the top of his tripod. How did that play into it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's fascinating. The only main tragedy from that story is the fact that his wife still left him after he built all that crap for her. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, poor guy. Dude, you talking about being pissed? Oh, man. Dude, uh-huh. I would have been done. <laughs> so how involved do you think the government is in like all this stuff, and how much of this technology do you think they actually got their hands on and they're developing for uh, less useful a- applications? We'll call it that. Oh, you mean military? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everything's about what's what's the biggest and best weapon you can you can have. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, the uh, the government is always deny, 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 deny until there's so much overwhelming evidence that you can no longer deny it. So that's why it's, it's taken so long for us to get to this point with like the UFOs and UAPs is because we've gotten to the point where anybody walking around with a cell phone these days and the quality on them. It has gotten uh, so good that you know, they can no longer deny there's nothing up there in the air. They have to at least give us a little bit. So and that's what that's what's going on now. So, yeah, any of this uh, you know ancient technology that they've acquired, they're always going to deny that they have it. But but they do. They have it. Um, you know whether it's you know here in in the U.S. in a secret vault somewhere. Um, and there are many secret vaults. <laughs> I've been in a couple. Um, you know, the uh, even you know places like the the Vatican. You know how much stuff they have. You know, <laughs> All of it vaults down there. I mean, come on. We could probably do like twenty shows just on the Vatican alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. very. So sim- every every world power, every government has some sort of secret that they have buried that they have that they have discovered along the way. You know, yep. when I was. Uh, when I was there in Egypt, um, and it was uh, the the last tour, which was 2021, or the one before the last one that we just had, um, they had just opened up a, I call it a new crypt, but, you know, it's an ancient crypt there in, in Dindar, <laughs> but new to the public. They had, it had been closed for like 20 or 25 years. Um, basically, it's on the opposite opposite side of the temple from the crypt that has the uh, you know what they call the Tindara light bulb. Um, it's not really a crypt. There are no bodies or anything like that. It's just um, a passageway under the uh, under the temple. Mm-hmm. So you go in there. It's like okay, you know, we have all kinds of interesting breezes and hieroglyphs and things like that. But there are these massive blocks that were missing. So you know, you get the depiction of something, and then all of a sudden, wait a minute, you know, half the wall is gone over here. Where'd it go? And you know, looking at it, it's like, oh, I see these chisel marks. They seem to be kind of fresh and recent. And so um, I had asked one of the guys afterward, like, hey, um, what, you know, what, 
has been going on here the last 20 or 25 years. You know, the, the chisel marks are fresh. You know, this this was not just blocks falling out of the wall over here. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I can't say who said it or anything like that, but um, you know, what I was told was that private collectors were bidding on that. Really? So, yeah. So what happens is there are kind of like what we were already talking about. There are different power pieces. There, there's yeah. different esoteric and ancient knowledge that these major players in the world want to have. Either one, they believe it's going to give them more power, or mm-hmm. two, they believe it's going to give them something like longer life or some sort of even like supernatural abilities. They, they truly believe in these different things. And if they have those pieces, and if they have that knowledge, then they will be able to access those abilities and power. So um, when... Newer, when new places get discovered, um, they basically come in and they take a look, and on uh, you know those certain pieces, they will bid on it, and they will be removed before it's opened up to the public. And see, wow. uh, and the thing is, I mean, and anybody who says it, oh, that that's hooey, that's not true. Really, Hitler did it. You know what I mean? Nazi oh, yeah. Germany did, yeah. and we know that for a fact. I mean, there there are priceless artifacts and everything else that we know they had their hands on, but we have no idea where they're at right now. I'm sure they were either very well hidden, and that's where they're still at, or they've been sold on the black market, and no telling where they could be right now. Yeah, people don't want to admit that you know their government, the people in power, are fooling them. But that's the way the world has worked for thousands and thousands of years. Exactly. It's <laughs> not a new concept. That's <laughs> yeah, not new. It's not new. This has been going on forever. That's I, insane. I would definitely have to say that, I mean, honestly, I mean, there is... It is kind of scary, I mean, in reality, just just stepping into this wholeheartedly for a second. But let's just say that every time that we have found new technology, whether it was a down possible alien craft, whatever the case may be, you know, when it goes back, you know, even to the Egyptian times with advanced technology, I mean, even things that we think that may have actually came from Atlantis, if it actually, you know, existed. Lord knows how many things that we may have found, or not just us, but other countries too, that, like you said, is still tucked away somewhere, hidden, that we'll never know about until, like you said, until one thing happens after another, they get so put out there publicly, finally they have to go, yeah, we lied to you. We we did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kinda... yeah, yeah no, a lot of this stuff, is, it's in like the big warehouse from Indiana Jones. Exactly. You know? <laughs> those, those places do exist. Oh, I'm sure they do. I yeah. 100% believe I've, it. I've been I mean, in a couple in the military, so I know. They, they <laughs> all, Yeah. I just completely threw Jesse <laughs> yeah, off. I just, I, my train of thought took a walk. He just, he just literally paused and looked at me like, really? It's like, yeah, we'll talk about it off air. Yeah, no, I, just, I just lost it. Wow. Um, the other thing is, too, that with the, all this advanced technology that we create every day, as far as we know of, like us and France and China and so on and so forth, I mean, we're only looking at just a few years in the span of existence of the entire universe. You know, a few, you know, for lack of a better term, a few years of creating the technology we currently have. I mean, we could pick up our phone and literally talk to somebody, FaceTime, see them and talk to them on the other side of the globe. So I can only fathom the technology that could have existed, like you were saying earlier, Mike, you know, from like, you know, 500 all the way back to thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago that that might still be out there, like you said, maybe in Alaska. Yeah, it's it's entirely possible. Um, and what's interesting, okay, so with, when we say, you know, these ancient peoples had advanced technology, a lot of people jump to our current context of what advanced technology is. That is, is. true, you know, yes. You know, um, big screen TVs, computers, cell phones, um, you know, Playstations and Xboxes, that sort of stuff. And it's like, no, we're not talking that type of technology. Yeah. We're talking um, a, a technology that was able to uh, build and construct in ways that we can't even fathom. That um, they had a you know, yeah. very, very good understanding of the stars that makes no sense to us how they knew some of these different things. Like the Dogon tribe, knowing how there was a, uh, a second... Uh, what was a series B, a star that we could mm-hmm. not observe until not even a hundred years ago, you know, exactly, uh, yeah. things like that. So, um, so they had some sort of advanced technology to be able to, to know and to do some of these different things that you know, we, again, we still can't even do today. 
And, you know, it's just, you know, the rise and fall of civilization. And I, I don't understand why our, you know, traditional, uh, you know, mainstream archaeologists and historians and all that, you know, try to think of, you know, history as extremely linear. But, you know, I mean, it's just kind of common sense. Yeah. If you, you know, if there's a major cataclysm or there's, you know, a, a genocide or something like that, and I'm sorry, that, that did happen a, a lot back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah, that absolutely. What, what, yeah, that whatever technology those people had at the time, the, the people died, they, and there's nobody left to, you know, carry it on. If you don't have that person left to carry it on, then it's going to be lost to time. Exactly. And, you, know, you, th- you, yeah, you think about now, okay, if there was, you know, something massive and catastrophic that happened to us now. You know, the, the people that, and I work in the technology field, you know, the people right now that know how to, uh, you know, build the cell phones and, uh, you know, program the computers and all that sort of stuff. Um, sorry, a, a lot of my colleagues don't know how to survive out in the wild if all of a sudden, you know, we had no access to, to food or something like that. All of a sudden, you know, your civilization goes into a, a survival state. You know, they're not worried about Xboxes and TVs and all that. They're worried about, you know, what you're putting on the on the table for food that night. Exactly. So if you don't know how to hunt or grow food or build a shelter, mm-hmm. um, you're going to die pretty quickly. Um, and so, you know, civilization gets thrown back really into the Stone Age, and you're, you're relearning how to survive, and that's going to take a few generations before you get to the point of, oh, we're going to develop more technology again. But by then... The people that knew all those more high tech things are gone. You know they what? Died off. You really hit the nail on the head because we just like I even made the mistake of doing it just a couple of minutes ago. I'm looking at everything from a mechanical advancement for 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 us compared to back people back in history, where they are more of the natural advancement. Yes. You know of using their surroundings. You know everything they had to work with back then in order to have this advanced technology but it's a it's a natural technology opposed to us having the mechanical technology yeah absolutely and i and when we look back into history we look back at ancient structures and um ancient objects that come up out of the ground we tend to put our um our our modern context around it when it was probably something completely different of you know, something that they had in their civilization back in their time that we don't have any concept of today, and maybe we haven't, whatever the related object or concept is, we still haven't discovered because it's still, again, it's just been lost to time. Oh, living proof. We still haven't proved how the freaking pyramids were built. So right. <laughs> that right there, that's a living example right in our faces, you know. Well, I tell you what, Mike, we're getting ready to cut out of here. Our show is almost up on air here. Uh, I want to give you the next like 30 seconds, throw out your websites, your social media, everywhere people can go and check everything out that you do. You yeah, have, sure, absolutely. You have Carpe uh, yeah, my Yeah, my personal website, MikeRickSecker.com. I also have an online learning portal, ConnectedUniversePortal.com. Um, all my books can be found out there at... Uh, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wonderful places like that. Um, my docuseries, Shadow Dimension, is uh, running on Tubi TV and the Roku channel. Um, and then, yeah, I was just on a couple episodes here of, of Ancient Aliens, season 19. So they're rerunning all of those uh, episodes on History Channel. So I think that, that'll probably do it. <laughs> All right. and of course, you know, I got like YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. So. Oh yeah, nothing impressive. You're just an author, been on TV, you know everything else. No, no, nothing to really check out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> World travel adventurer, you know. Um, all right, so Mike. Anyways, man, love having you on. Look forward to definitely having you on again in the future. I wish we would have had like a two-hour show to talk with you, man. It's yeah, really it's great. Yeah, it's been to talk extremely with you. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Um, it's a great conversation. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you, Mike, for coming on, and uh, we will catch you on the flip side on the next time we have you on. Absolutely. Have a good night. Guys. All right. Thanks. You too. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So that was Mr. Mike Ricksecker. Dude, that was an awesome interview. Yeah. Love that, that was dude. phenomenal. I've never been so fascinated by an interview in my entire life. It started off, like I said, I mean, I knew obviously who Mike was, you know, because being the paranormal, all that stuff. But like when I being a guest on our show, I wanted to dig a little deeper and holy crap. Yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> extremely phenomenal. And I got so caught up in the like the learning of it that I forgot to ask questions. So, like, I know I saw I you over just like glared, like listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love learning. 
So, well, whatever. Hmm. Hope y'all, hopefully y'all learned something that's probably the most educated we've ever sounded on the radio. So I know, right? Don't let it fool you. We're stupid. <coughs> Yep. So, yeah. So make sure you tune in again next week. Make sure you go back to all your podcast platforms, catch up on our past shows, Paraprobe, and we will catch you again next weekend live on 1490 AM, WWPR, every Saturday, 6 PM Eastern Standard Time.